0: Welcome to the internet, where influencers are robots, digital art is selling for $69 million, and TikTok is the future of the music industry. Our future is being determined right now, online, and it's confusing as fuck, but we deserve to understand it because we're the ones living it. So with that, we bring you our new podcast, Extremely Online, to teach you about all the weird corners of the internet. And we do it as your mates, not your teachers. Because how the fuck does cryptocurrency work? out everybody and welcome to, what is this live episode 2 of Extremely Online. Yeah,
1: episode 2 but corresponding to video 3.
0: Oh, not to confuse everyone yeah, right off the bat. So team, you know that we're releasing a podcast episode of Extremely Online that goes along with our video series Extremely Online. I know, a lot of extremes. Some would call it Incredibly Online but that would be wrong. <laughs> that would be very, very wrong. That would be wrong. This week we're talking about racist artificial intelligence and the fact that we are training racist technology because it's all based on our experiences and to chat about that with us we have the first ever guest of (laughs) extremely online she's giggling away in the corner we've got the wonderful the fantastic the champion of eliminating the digital divide Julia Arnett nini how the bloody hell are you?
2: Hey, yeah, it's Lava lover. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm really excited to talk about racism, as always. <laughs> as always. Um, such a great, meaty topic, and in this case, talking about how do we reduce that in mm. the world that we're building today and tomorrow.
0: Yes. Um,
2: so, very excited to be here.
0: Well, we're really grateful that you're here. Now, do you want to tell us, and the listeners... Who you are? What you do? Why we just gave you that talk up? <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> oh, no pressure. Um, okay, yeah, I I am actually um one of the two point eight percent of Pacific people that work in the technology industry in Aotearoa. Technology overall has incredibly low statistics when it comes to diversity mm. um, and in pretty terrible experiences when it comes to inclusivity. Mm-hmm. But my career to date has been working um, in the kind of tech space and tech adjacent industries. So started out in healthcare and tech, so in biotech, then moved and worked for HP in both London and in California. So worked uh, as a strategic planner for United Kingdom and Ireland. And then worked as a worldwide product insights manager, and then global social strategy lead out of San Diego at HP, which is not Harry Potter. Oh, which is not <laughs> she HP. She went under just Harry Potter. Yo, <laughs> not HP sort of source. That, yeah. um, it is the what, laptop. Yeah, there we go. I'm glad yeah, my you said a computer. Wow. <laughs> I know. I'm glad you didn't say printer. Most oh. people would just still think we make printers as oh. well. I love that you said
0: we make. As if do you still work for that? Uh-huh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's never left. Who do you all. work for now, Julie? Yeah, how do we know you? Yeah, exactly.
2: Can't take the HP oh, out of the girl. So. Um, no, so now I work in strategy um, at Dalek Creative and at the spin off, so as part of the spin off group. You! I never done that was Wow. That
1: was very yeah. out of I hope I hear, like anyway.
2: a chi hoo out of you too. <laughs> no. I, that would be epic. <laughs> (laughs) Um, But I've also, why why I basically moved back home to Aotearoa from California was that I was really recognizing the inequities and the exacerbation of existing inequities when it comes to the progression of tech. Mm. So essentially, uh, those that benefit from the industry are those with the biggest wallets. And I was also noticing that the industry itself was moving at a rate of progress for progress's sake versus progress for all. Mm -hmm. So it was only dividing society and specifically when it comes to the the digital divide, the fourth and fifth industrial revolution, um, human displacement, the rise of digitization and AI, and then talking about what we're talking about today is who is creating the future, who is ultimately um, organizing, constructing what our future is today and tomorrow.
0: And who's suffering from the future that we're creating. Exactly. You'd actually be great. We also, not to tease, we have an episode coming up about Neuralink, which is Mm. literally just the rich being able to access this next
1: level of super intelligence Mm. and the people that get left behind in that. Yeah, it's... Seriously terrifying, because that is the actual mesh of humans and computers. And, and we're leaving
0: people behind. We absolutely mm. are. Because that's
2: basically, so I started up, I came home, I went to Ghana before I came home and worked at a um, tech entrepreneurship, uh, basically kind of a masterclass. you got a year to build a software company, so I spent some time over in Africa. Whoa. Wow. Then came home and started a social enterprise called People for People, which is all about achieving digital equity in Aotearoa, so people championing people to ensure no one is left behind. Yep. So that's basically our papa and why I moved home and my biggest purpose about being at home as well
0: oh well look oh, we're blessed
1: to have you I mean
2: how old are you may I ask um you're tw- 28
1: and what oh, have we a done a lot of achievement what yeah. do you mean what have you done <laughs> what is that nah, that's just me fishing for compliments. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no but that is seriously that's incredible and, and yeah. we love having you
0: on the podcast because we're not the experts
1: You actually are. So I feel like we've only really just entered into this realm of, you know, Extremely Online has really taken us into the tech world. And it's it's terrifying, quite a frightening place to be, I have to say.
0: So what really kicked off our interest, or at least my interest, in looking into racist artificial intelligence and the fact that the future we're creating Mm. is based on the past. Mm. Of course it is. And the Mm. past... We weren't really shitty humans. Like, we were especially, you know, colonizers, white people, shit humans. And so I read this article that was on The Verge, and it was all about a guy called Robert McDaniel. And so I just want to sort of talk about his story a little bit. So in 2013, he got a knock on his door, and it was the Chicago police, and they basically said, our artificial intelligence has predicted that you're going to be involved in a shooting, we don't know what side of the gun you're gonna be on. You might get shot or you might be the shooter. But we will be watching you, essentially, from now. Like we've identified you and we will be watching you. And so he hadn't done anything to get on this list. It was just by nature of how they'd trained their algorithms and the the area he lived in, you know, known to be quote unquote a rough or a bad area. Mm. And so the, the biases that existed in the way they'd trained their fucking systems mm. had put him on this list. And it became a real self-fulfilling prophecy. In the end, he did actually get shot. But mm. it was because people thought he was working with the police and that he was a snitch. Mm. He got shot twice. Because he was seen to be working with the police because he was getting severely over policed and he was always having to talk to them. They were always coming to his house. Mm-hmm. And so. So, like, that would have never happened to him? No. they hadn't Mm. approached them in the first place. The algorithm caused the problem. It was trying to prevent.
2: I think some of the interesting um, notes that I've taken out of what you just shared is like, it's not just the humans, but it's the structures in which we've built. Mm. Mm. So it's not only on the individual level, but it's actually in the systemic and structural level that racism is embedded into society. Mm. And... Everything that we, you know, use in the past to determine the future and believing that technology is going to remove mm. um, subjectivity, it's going to become a more objective lens yes. when it's essentially being plugged into by a very, very small and homogeneous group of individuals, normally white cis males, um, mm-hmm. from, from an elite demographic of society too. Like mm-hmm. it's really a lot of that power is held between nine tech companies, six yeah. of which are in the US and three of which are in China. Mm. Like they are essentially the powerhouses. Like we talk about global powerhouses and where is the power held? It's held in now in these nine tech companies that are investing in AI mm-hmm. and have the biggest data sets.
0: AI in this case, is it's a computer human fusion. That's the goal. And so it's like the computer learning how to act like a human. It's not magic. It has to learn it from somewhere. And it learns it, as we've been banging on about, from the data that we're feeding it. And it's like people that choose to say, there's no way data or computer can be biased. For the police data, they're getting it from police stops. Who has been hugely affected at a much higher rate at being stopped by the police? Mm. It's not white people. Mm. And so it's just learning to find these patterns and the data that exist because... We've been shit humans in the past and created bad patterns.
2: It's incredible because you've seen it, like there's examples of um, facial recognition software which are being used by, again, some of the major tech companies that cannot pick up anything other than a light skinned face mm-hmm. you're seeing it in hand sanitizers which are actually not picking up on a black hand mm-hmm. you're seeing it in Tesla's car mm. where the self driving cars too are becoming more at risk of whether or not they are actually going to run over black people or minority groups because they're not actually being um, accounted for in the data sense and it's, it's it's incredible to think of the level of impact and how it actually transcends across society. Mm -hmm. So not only from the police into healthcare, into housing, there's some new housing blocks that whenever you're um, actually checking into your housing apartments, it was actually going through facial recognition software. And again you may have actually bought an apartment. You actually may be an owner of an apartment Mm -hmm. that cannot get in because of the facial recognition software that's being used. And this is being used both um, with our knowledge and without our consent Mm -hmm. as well. So in terms of it being a breach of your human right, um, that's where the conversation also gets incredibly, incredibly tense and, yeah. and the proliferation of algorithms actually taking over society. So what we also don't realize from a, uh, from a normie standpoint, mm-hmm. and Silicon Valley calls us normies, um, is like that how many algorithms are actually crafting reality right now? They're designing our world, right? Exactly, that you may not even be actually aware of. You know, we glorify tech. We we have previously glorified some of these tech companies and just thinking about how they are built on capitalism and capitalism is the ultimate excuse for racism. It's just benefiting from oppressing others Mm -hmm. and we've just seen old mate Jeff fly up to the moon and like that man as a leader of society holds a wealth of data That again, is just, it's power in his Mm -hmm. hands that we will never be able to access. And actually we cannot put any kind of a policy in place to regulate how their algorithms are behaving to actually find out what algorithms are biased, what Mm. algorithms are racist. Like there's no, where it is the power dynamic and the government is far behind Mm -hmm. in all of these conversations around the world.
1: It's that whole thing where like, they are really the only ones that know how the shit works. Yeah. So it's just too easy mm-hmm. for them to really blindside. Yeah. The public, to not make changes. To yeah. not make it's changes. It's expensive and it's hard. Like, I couldn't even tell you the definition of an algorithm. Mm. And I don't think many people really could unless Mm. you're in that sphere. Mm. So when Google, we talk about this in
0: um, the episode of Extremely Online, the web series. But when Google, their Google Photos algorithm decided to put 80 photos of black people into a folder called Gorillas. Instead of investing in change and investing in, I don't know, a better algorithm that better recognizes people as people, they just got rid of a, the gorilla tag. The same thing happened. So Twitter used to decide in its cropping feature to show a white person over a black person every single time. Even with Simpsons characters, a black person wouldn't be shown over a yellow person. This is Even wild. With Labradors, yeah. white Labrador shone over a black Labrador instead of fixing the algorithms or the cropping feature mm. they removed the ability to crop so on Twitter you can now add as big a photo as you want I just like they're not investing in change it's they're actually, just you know, removing
2: unfathomable. I think there's also um, a conversation at both ends that needs to be had and one is this this idea of algorithmic justice which is exposing the bias and harms from technical systems in order to safeguard the most marginalized but at the other end of the spectrum there's actually increasing the diversity equity and inclusion in the industry overall. Mm. So mm. who is participating um, in this indus- industry and who is working at that level, mm. at the data level, and who are the individuals that are coming up with these ideas mm. that are not calling out the racism that's occurring? Mm. I think both parts need to recur in parallel for us to create a more equitable and just future. Mm. Again, like the, the ultimate goal is making data rights part of human rights. Mm-hmm. So we should all have the rights of our data. We should all be able to benefit from our data in which tech companies have been benefiting from for years and as you say they've been doing it because they can and we don't understand
0: and I would say like in addition to those two things that we need to do also it's just we feed the data so it's on the human race to just be fucking better and actually be less racist I think these conversations and like Julia what you're doing in terms of having to be the voice that comes in because it's like
2: it's it's, it's taxing on you as well it's, it's a huge amount of emotional labour.
1: The people that
2: it's affecting are having to go fix, in
1: and fix the problem that pe- we, created. we created.
2: It's one of those things that, um, there's a term that we use, which is like, it's mana munching. Mm. So it just munches away, it just tears away at your mana, and you have to work ten times as hard to get hurt a third as much, and then you have to refill yourself every single you time did. you walk in and out of those environments to draw your mana again, to go back into a room to convince, to influence, and you're playing the mental Olympics mm. because you've got to pick and choose. Is it the right time to speak up now? If I speak up now, will I get shut out? And me mm. having a seat at this table is progress, even though the table is racist as hell. Mm. Me yeah. being there is like a sign of progress. So yes. how do I play this? And if it's not even about me on an individual level, this is about like creating an, equity, an equitable future in social justice how am I gonna be the best vehicle I can be for my time on mm. earth to progress us one step forward. And it's a it's a huge amount of um pressure. There's there's pressure. a lot of um moral tensions that that occur and especially as I'm trying to increase so this is my one of my difficulties right now in Aotearoa is like as I'm trying to encourage Māori and Pacific to engage with this industry and and come forth, come into tech, come create the future, be part of building the future. At the same time, a lot of the organisations that would benefit from our precious, precious, beautiful brown mm. people are racist. So there's all of these like very difficult... Like moral um, dilemmas yeah. that
0: you have to consider again when it's not the problem you created, it's the one you want to solve. But it's so
1: much more taxing on you than the white men sitting with all the funds. And And you're tackling so many industries. It's not just this one singular tech industry, Mm. right? As you said, the venture Mm. capitalists, Mm. the literally everyone in business. any industry, Mm. anywhere, right? Like, Mm. we're all contributing Mm. by living our lives, by not (laughs) learning,
0: by choosing to blame the computers or blame the data and and shifting the blame. I find that is
1: where, like, we stifle growth. For sure. It's too easy to shift the blame to an inan- inanimate object. Yeah.
0: Mm. Which as we're learning, you can't just blame the computers because we train the computers. I'm gonna keep banging yeah, this into is, the minds of anyone is that like, will listen. The very
1: simplistic version of this whole conversation.
0: I imagine that every conversation you go into, of course, isn't a conversation like this where we're already aware of a lot of the issues that are happening, definitely not all of them. Some of them you'll be going in trying to explain. First of all, having to go to the very top and communicate in a way that's palatable mm. for, you know, the white cis dudes sitting mm. on the boardroom table. Mm. It's like you're already having to go through a level of communication. Like, what are you not going to get offended by or yep. pissed off by? Yep. Which is just like, exhausting. I can imagine, just
2: exhausting. It's, um... Yeah, I it, I've had a, quite a few breakdowns since I've been back. It's been really, really tough on my mental well-being mm-hmm. and in a way which I naively never really accounted for mm-hmm. because I was just so passionate and I'm, I am so purpose-driven and I really live out my values and everything that I do that I underestimated the toll that it takes to fight for justice, which, which again, saying that out loud sounds so cliche that I could underestimate the toll, but I, I really did because... The types of, like, racism and the conversation about racism within Aotearoa is very, very underdeveloped. So even the conversation mm. about being, like, anti-racist versus non-racist is one that's not brought to life enough. Just just in terms of, so by saying I'm, I'm, well, I'm not racist is me being like, oh, okay, I don't call you a brown person or mm. I don't call you a fob, so mm-hmm. therefore I'm not racist – Versus anti racist is going, okay, I'm going to go speak to my manager and talk about pay equity and ensure that all of the communities that are represented in my workplace are being paid an equitable amount and it's transparent. Mm-hmm. That is anti racism. Yeah. That is fighting and being a true ally to mm-hmm. marginalized minority groups and actually doing part of the work. Being yes. active. Being in active this, in the whole process. And, and
0: like not putting it on other people to do the work and teach you. Like, there are books, there are resources. It's on me to do the work, not to sort of just go
2: and get someone to teach me. I cannot, I have lost count of the hours that I've had different individuals since I've been back ask me to, can you post this job somewhere? Can you have a look at it? Can you do, talk to us about diversity? How would we hire more diverse? All the sorts of stuff, which is all unpaid labour. And I often have just said yes because I'm like, is this a sign of progress that mm, their awareness is even
1: asking? But and how much does that suck?
2: Exactly. And like, I'm like, okay, I've got to weigh up how much energy does Julia have today to hopefully help her community, mm. whilst also trying to like, to like have a living to pay to do this work and. All of the work that we do, part of my social enterprise is all like we don't take salaries or anything, and I'm so I'm going in anywhere from into churches into boardrooms, mm. having a zillion different Zoom calls whilst trying to keep myself afloat, and that's not to ha- ask for pity in any which way, but more to highlight that individuals often don't realise the work that they're sucking out. Them. I've heard people say to me that they're doing diversity as a way to give back. It's, and I've also heard people say, oh, the digital divide doesn't exist.
0: Not to you, because you're probably ringing me on your iPhone with the Wi-Fi you've got and the 5G that's probably well, the to you to use. Sure. It's
2: like, and I've also heard people being like, oh, but isn't it just because like Maori and Pacific are just really lazy? And like, you know, and it's it, it takes a toll. So whilst we're talking about, you know, racist AI on a really grand level, we've also got, these organisations which are building much smaller um, pieces of software and hardware and and again just building different future right here at home um, in Aotearoa and the conversations even then can be really, really difficult. In the tech sector right now there's only 27% female, 4.6% Māori and 2.8% Pacific and that is getting less diverse year on year. So you take a racist, <laughs> you take a racist industry and make it more racist year on year. Mm. So it's 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 a really it's a really interesting journey, but I, it is one that I'm not only like. There are some other incredible individuals which I've been lucky enough to meet on this journey who are also trying to fight this this same good fight. Um, But it's not happening enough. And it's definitely not happening enough from Pākehā in Aotearoa and across Mm -hmm. the world. It's also not happening necessarily fast enough. Like People think that this future is so far away Mm -hmm. and they have no concept that, that... And coming back from both... Um, Ghana and from California it's happening right now Mm -hmm. it just hasn't necessarily reached our shores yet but I always go back to like it's like a tsunami where the warning bells have not been gone off the jumps in the tech are happening twice as fast and at twice the level of change Every two, like it's just exponential. Yes, exponential. It is, and like
0: when the tsunami bells go off, it's too late. Well, is already coming.
2: Exactly, mm-hmm. Neuro, and like people think that I've talked to ne- about neuralink to a lot of different people, and like we will redefine what it means to be a human in our lifetimes or in the or in the generation after us. That will absolutely happen. We've
0: if, come off the starting block far too late in terms of and teaching people about what these fucked
1: algorithms and yeah. like technology is doing to us for oh, sure and that's why like we've thought it is so important about doing extremely online because no one's what, talking about it we're about it for sure so it's just like getting these messages that
2: we are in the future this yes is happening the same way that we used to glamorize plastic right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then now in this current state we'd look back and be like what the yeah. fuck were we thinking we had plastic
0: straws what the fuck who did that exactly like, and we like, all thought it was a
2: good idea and we like we all thought facebook was really damn cool and so it's just really important to start to make aware the fact that you know times are changing like in real time while it's happening yeah. instead of looking Retrospect. retrospectively oh wow
0: great. big chats yeah. ladies but like <laughs> great Chats, honestly, I feel like this has been a conversation that we should have had it in real life. Even better, we had it on a podcast, so you guys are all part of it. I feel like it's probably important to say that we're also not perfect, for one. Two, we've got Julia, who we're lucky enough to have in our office as our friend, to come in on this podcast to do a lot of the things that we've just sort of been shitting on. I mean, this is a conversation that we want to have and we want to have with someone that has expertise in it. But again, like, me and Liv have just used... Your goodwill and your fight for the cause, right?
1: But also your trauma intertwined with that. Yeah, right? oh, there's so much trauma. Like
0: just so And like, like sorry and thank you yes. and we love you. Just like <laughs> and on <we> mic.
2: greatly <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah. Please, Thanks for thank holding you. space. Of course. But honestly I think that's something that you can also take away is the fact that you're creating space for underrepresented voices to be heard on a platform which can amplify the message. And I think that is a true form of partnership, which is ultimately like what will change the world is mm. is working in partnership for one another.
0: Oh, well, if if this chat has inspired you to go and change the way you're living or try and make the rooms that you're walking into a bit safer, not just for you, but for all the people around you, mm. then just please do. All I can mm. say is like, please do. Please take something from this chat. If you want a little bit more knowledge about how the AI works or how AI can possibly be racist if you're still sort of considering that is something that you maybe don't want to believe or don't believe, I will link the article that really sparked all my interest in this in the show notes. I'll also link the episode of Extremely Online. And if you've got any questions for us or for Julia, please Don't hesitate to reach out, although we will be making sure that Julia limits her time answering these (laughs) questions, or you guys will be paying her.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Love you all, guys.
0: We'll see you next week. Bye.